Get down with D&D. Yeah, you know me. Get down with D&D. Yeah, you know me. Get down with D&D. Yeah, you know me. Who's down with D&D? Yeah, you know me. Down with D&D. Yeah, you know me. Get down with D&D. Yeah, you know me. I'm down with D&D. Yeah, you know me. Who's down with D&D? Are you ready to get down with some D&D? I know I am, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by the Machiavellian, Marshall, and Melted, Mad Wizard Merwin. What is up, Sean? Machiavellian and Marshall, sure. I, I'm up for a fight. Melted, it's it's getting cold here, Chris. So really, it should be mostly frosted over. Yes. So whenever we see Melted, it'll now be mostly frosted over. Yep. I, I think I am past Melted for six months. Hey, when people have heard this thing, you'll be a game hole count, right? Uh, yeah, pretty close. Pretty close. I leave. Pretty close. Today is Thursday, and I will be leaving next Wednesday. So, yep. Also, it'll be like yeah, people will hear this next Wednesday. So, the the day that you are leaving for game hole count is when people will hear this. Yep. So if you, hey, if you're at game hole count while you're listening to this, come say hi. I'll be around. Absolutely. All right. Let's get into some announcements. Uh, beyond that one. So there are several new openings at Wizards of the Coast. Man, there's a whole bunch of stuff. You can be an editor, you can be a game designer, you can be a narrative designer, which is uh, very interesting to me. I wonder what narrative design entails. Let's take a look. Day-to-day responsibilities for this wizard. Merc is part of a team to update existing D&D heroes, worlds, monsters, dungeons, and other elements for a modern audience. Take part in writing groups. Help to brainstorm story details for new elements of D&D's worlds and stories, such as heroes, villains, monsters, and worlds. Create text describing characters, monsters, and stories for use in D&D creative guidelines and in D&D tabletop products. Partner with digital game studios to produce storylines, character arcs, dialogue trees, and other storytelling events. That sounds like a ton of fun, actually. It sounds great. Any of those jobs, editor, game designer, narrative designer. Hey, man, if you've been waiting to work in D&D and they haven't been hiring for years, there's lots and lots of openings there. There's also an associate graphic designer, which is just a contract position. So I assume that means you do not have to work from Seattle or Renton in this case. Um, so if you're good with Adobe, you know, if you're good at graphic design and you have some free time and you're interested, there is also that up on the company.wizards.com backslash job website. Which is really cool. Yeah. Right. You know, there you go. All right. Well, that's that one. What's the next one, Sean? The Terror of Undermountain Contest sponsored by D&D and Adobe. So what they're doing is they want fans to create a new official D&D monster called the Terror of Undermountain. And so this is kind of an an ad for Adobe plus a D&D uh, contest. And they want people to build and bring to life some uh, imaginary monsters using Photoshop. And if you want to take part in this, you go to summontheterror.com. You can download Adobe products there, get some assets that you can use to create your monster, and then uh, do your do your best, turn it in by November 16th. In December, Adobe and D&D will announce the winner. The prize is $5,000 U.S. dollars. And the winner will be flown to D&D headquarters in Renton to set with Wizards of the Coast creatives to see what they do and to work on stuff. Uh, D&D will also immortalize the winning submission as an unpainted collectible mini to terrorize players everywhere. Oh, that's so cool, right? Like, oh my God, it's neat. Yeah. I like it. Yep. 
I mean, anything where you can get the, the, the fans and things like that, people who are also professionals and whatnot involved with a, with a neat little contest like that is always kind of fun, right? Yep, especially you know, in something other than just writing. Here, uh-huh, here it's uh-huh. you know visual arts, so that's that's cool. So it looks like we're going to have another series of podcasts and um, actual plays released to go with the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, mm-hmm. and it looks like um, starting this starts on November twelfth. It'll go until November sixteenth. Yep, and these are all a bunch of one shots. And with different actual play podcasts, Dames and Dragons, uh, Queens of Adventure, Very Random Encounters, Fate and the Fable Maidens, D20 Dames, The Rivals of Waterdeep, Dum Dum Dice, The RPG Academy, Dungeons Dice and Everything Nice, and uh, a Dungeon Delve exclusive DM by Jen Vaughn. There you go. So there you go. Those are all the podcasts that are doing one shots of, uh, of games. Of games in Ravnica, yep. Uh, yes, games in Ravnica. That's pretty cool. I always love when they do stuff like that. It's pretty fun. Yep. If you're not familiar with magic at all if this would be a good way to quickly get familiar with that sort of setting and how D is using it in this new product uh real quick for those people for the monster contest i was looking at the website i went and downloaded the uh the monster kit because i do a whole bunch of photoshop type stuff myself mm-hmm. um you can go there you can download the thing you build the uh terror of the undermount the rules are all there if you need photoshop and you don't have it there's a way to get a 30-day free trial if you don't if if you've never had a free trial before if not just get a different new email because then you can get a 30-day free trial of Photoshop, so there you go. Yep. Uh, okay, so the last thing that we have to say is Amy Durza is named to replace Bill Benham as the AL admin. I guess Bill's quitting, huh? Well, Bill Bill is not quitting. Bill is oh, now working directly positions. for Wizards of the Coast. Oh, what's he doing there? Uh, he is doing, uh, like, producing, like, administrating project projects. Did we, did we talk about that in the podcast? I don't we remember did. talking about that. We did. We talked. We did. Uh, he and... Um, Lisa Chen, I remember. Yeah, Lisa. Uh, Lisa is working with um, one bookshelf. The DM's Guild. The DM's Guild. Yep. And Bill is was hired directly by Wizards, so they needed to replace him. And Amy Dezura was chosen to replace Bill as the D and D admin. Um, I have met Amy many times. She has been working at conventions for the last three years or so. An incredibly hardworking. Both locally and globally, uh, she's worked to spread the good news of D&D and the Adventurous League. And I'm hoping that maybe at some point we can interview her, um, but we couldn't put it together this quickly. Um, she's worked locally in the Philadelphia suburbs to grow the Adventurous League. She worked with Geek Girl Brunch Philadelphia to run a Learn to Play D&D event. Oh, cool. um, she's worked at Dragon Con and Origins and Winter Fantasy and PAX Unplugged uh, as a volunteer to you know, help administer and put players together with DMs. Uh, she founded a group called the Sisterly Love Gaming Guild, which is a Philadelphia-based group for female, non-binary, and trans gamers wanting to be, become involved in the gaming communities. And uh, most recently, she coordinated Adventures League sessions at an event called Save Against Fear in Harrisburg, PA, um, but that was sponsored by a group that advocates tabletop gaming uh, for therapeutic and clinical practice. So she has, within the last few years or so, become a real dynamo in terms of not just Adventures League play, but D&D in general and getting it, to, uh, getting it out in the community in different ways. So I'm super excited. Uh, she's going to be a big boost of energy for the Adventures League. And as soon as she gets up to speed, we will see if we can get her on the show. Yes, and I'm sure that um, 
Wayne Chang from Advantage to Insight will reach out to her and try to interview her over there also. Yes. So you'll probably get a couple of different interviews with her. Yep. All right. Well, I guess that's our uh, our announcements. We should probably get into our main topic, which is our third installment of Dragon Heist. We're going to talk about Chapter 2, Troll Skull Alley. Uh, Sean, would you give us the, the recap so far? Yep. So in the first chapter and in the introduction... We have seen the characters participating or at least watching a fight at the dragon or at the yawning portal. And Volo was in attendance at this uh, event. So he saw them in action, liked what he saw and asked them to help him find a friend who has gone missing. From there, the players get involved in a war between two competing thieves guilds, the Xanathar Guild and the Zentarum while they're searching for this friend. After they successfully complete their job, Volo gives them a deed to a manor and tavern uh, in the north ward of Waterdeep for their work. So that's everything that's happened in what we've reviewed so far. So this chapter will cover what they do when they receive this deed to Troll Skull Manor. Now, um... Do you want to talk real quick about the chapter overall? Uh, why don't you go ahead and do that? All right, cool. So the the first thing is it talks about Troll Skull Manor a little bit, um, how it needs to be fixed up, what what's what's going on there. Then it covers the rest of Troll Skull Alley, which on this, uh, there's a couple of maps. There's one in the appendix and there's one right in the chapter. And it's those really cool Dyson logo maps. I like them a lot. So, I mean, you, your uh, your opinions may vary on that that topic, but I, I like them a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the troll scale alley. It's got a, it's got some people in it, some NPCs. They're interesting. I very much. Uh, it talks about them, and then it talk, has a section about factions and how to join those factions. And there's a bunch of like missions that you can expand upon in those in that section. And then it talks about what to do with the tavern and a problem that might crop up in there. Mm-hmm. And that's the brief overview. I suppose we should now talk about um, each of those in detail. Huh? Sounds good. I like this chapter, by the way, a lot. Yeah, this is yeah. This chapter is definitely in line with the way that they want to present adventures going forward. Um, we've seen it in previous products, and we've also seen it in Adventurers League and other supplementary uh, material that that Wizards has put out, where they want to get away from being too, um, you know, too rigid, too blueprinty with their adventures. Well, they're but, getting away from linear adventure design. Exactly. Exactly. But still then giving enough information where a DM who needs more structure will still be able to use the product. Mm-hmm. It's more like, um, I mean, there, there are, if you need to do that thing where you plan out your stuff, you can do that with this. But if you really like to, to kind of wing it a little bit and, and play the game as it comes, you can do that with this chapter too. Yep. It facilitates both play styles, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. And now I suppose we should talk about how it does that. <laughs> I think we will do that as we go. Yeah. Yep. Um, Troll Skull Manor. So, uh, Sean, Appendix C, there's a really nice map of Troll Skull Manor, and you can change it around and, and, and mess with it and things like that. Right. Um, this place needs work, right? That's part of the part of the fun of this is to fix it up. Yep. Uh, when the players see it, it is in disarray, uh, not, not a place you're just going to move in. Uh, you can't just buy and live. Uh, you're going to need to do some work on it. So in, in that and, in that sense, it's an interesting. It it ter- it you know, becomes a problem for the for the uh, for the adventurers, not in a w- way that something's going to kill them, but it's it's something that they're going to need to solve. They're going to have to put some resources and some energy into 
fixing this place up. Yeah, and there's a nice sidebar that is tavern keeping expenses. So it's a sidebar that sort of summarizes what you need to do to get the the tavern up and running. Yep. And there's a lot of cool like um, interactions that go along with that. Uh, I mean, we can talk about that later, I suppose, when we get to section five, right? Yep. Yep. All right. Um, the the most I think the most interesting thing about Troll Skull Manor though is the the poltergeist that lives there, right? Yep. There is a specter. Uh, they call it the poltergeist, but they they use the specter stat block. Um, in at least in the online version of the adventure, who is haunting the place? It is a half elf named L I F. I'm going to call it Life because I think that's cooler. Um, yep, life is fine. So life is fine. He uh, he died, but his whole life's work was in maintaining this place. So he can't leave it in in death. He he haunts the place. So when the characters first arrive, they have to deal with life essentially throwing temper tantrums. Uh, and making life, their life, difficult. <laughs> but as they begin to work on the place, life can change his tune, and he can actually become more of a mascot or a a sort of insubstantial worker for them uh, if they create an environment in this tavern that he appreciates. Yes, and... I want to talk about that a little bit because this is a thing where you are designing a story beat to help facilitate the kind of uh, play that you want in the game. Mm -hmm. I think it's really clever. Yep. I mean, it might seem obvious to everybody, but somebody thought about that and was like, well, we really want these player characters to own, work up this tavern and own it and be a part of this community. Mm -hmm. So what is one of the ways that we can do that? Well, we'll have this poltergeist that's a problem to begin with mm -hmm. that they can destroy if they want to, but if they fix the place up, the poltergeist changes his tune. Mm -hmm. And then starts helping them out. Right. In a way, uh, the poltergeist becomes a surrogate for the DM, where if the players aren't focusing enough on that aspect of what they're trying to do, he can use life, or he or she can use life to, um, to show the displeasure of ignoring one aspect of this ongoing story. Uh -huh. And if you really want to just like take a, take a slight deviation from the... Um what it says in the book like life can never go away like they can destroy him and he'll just re-manifest mm -hmm. if you want him to sure like you can you can do that absolutely and how this is also helpful is as the characters maybe become attached to life um when other um when other parts when other people begin to give the characters trouble life can then become a target of those people um to you know, hit the characters where their heartstrings are. Yep. Or if you want a one-off story and the characters become attached to life, you can do the one-off story where, like, maybe life didn't die very altruistically. Mm -hmm. Maybe he was murdered. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a mystery there to be had. This is a city adventure, and there's a lot of investigative stuff that's already being uh, pushed into this adventure. Sure. So, I mean, there's just another one that goes along with the theme of this uh, this city-based adventure. Yep. And so, in, in the end, life is just an, an interesting NPC that you have a lot of leeway to do cool things with. Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about the rest of Trollskull Alley now. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's Trollskull Manor, but then there's the Bent Nail, mm -hmm. and this is a place where somebody, um, his name's Tally, I think, he makes yep. wooden weapons and shields at normal cost. So this is a great place because the, the, the bar and manor is kind of wrecked. Mm -hmm. Like, this is, a good, this is somebody you can go to and buy stuff from. Yep. Right. Um, which is interesting because in... 
we'll talk about it later, but in the sidebar section, it's, it says how much money it costs. Like, as a game master, dungeon master, you can divvy that up, mm-hmm. right? And be like, well, you should probably go talk to this guy who makes wooden furniture. Right. And, you know, can populate your bar again. So it's a reason for you to go and talk to them. Yeah. Um, Steam and Steel. This is a weaponsmith. Yep. Um, and it's a... Uh, so a couple things in this section, mm-hmm. real quick. The, the the Wizards of the Coast people and the people that are writing these things are, are keeping right along with um, the whole diversity thing, and I appreciate that mm-hmm. because this is a this is a gay couple. Mm-hmm. They don't call it out or anything like that, but it was obvious. I, I had to read it twice when I caught it mm-hmm. to make sure I caught it right. But they are both um, they're both men. Yep, and, and and the more interesting part is one's a fire genasi and one's a water genasi. Uh huh. So so there's <laughs> that there's that uh, you know internal tension right there of of just you know those two species working together uh is is kind of funny yeah it, but it, it's neat because um you know water and fire man they create steam right yeah and also as as a blacksmithing thing it actually makes sense like one of them heats up the metal to forge it and the other one right. quenches the metal yep. with their with their magic yep one is a weaponsmith and the other is an armor smith i mean you got the whole thing right there where and yeah right there they're opposites yet similar in a lot of ways mm-hmm. right yep like any like any quality relationship should be <laughs> sure <laughs> um so that's that's the steam and steel place then there's uh Corellian's crown and this person uh follow Lafleur, their herbalist and a member of the uh the apothecaries and physicians mm-hmm. um they re- prefer to re- be referred to as they and it actually calls that out right in there which i like a lot like yep. this is this is good like it's not um it's not super preachy or anything like that it's just there right right i mean it's just it is what it is and that's fine mm-hmm. And that's the way it should be, in my opinion. Yep. And, you know, most importantly, what what this is doing is setting up the characters to be able to buy something from locals, from, from their neighbors, whether it's mm-hmm. carpentry work, metal work, uh, healing goods. Um, it's, it's, it's all right there. Yep. And uh, Fala... They uh they have potions, mm-hmm. so like you can get potions of animal friendship, healing, greater healing, water breathing, stuff like that from from them. Yep. All right, let's talk about number five, which is your favorite one. Yeah, the it is. tiger's eye. Yeah. Tell me about it. Well, one of the reasons I really like this is while the others, while the other businesses that are mentioned are fine and and they're good and they're flavorful, they lack just the one little thing that makes them different to me um you know they're there they they have goods that they can supply they they're named they've got you know an interesting backstory but nothing really dramatic that you can add to the game this tiger's eye has that and that's why i like it so much um i'm not going to say what vincent is Oh, can't we? I mean, we, we're spoilers all over the place. Uh, that's what, part of the... Yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. Y- you go ahead. Tell him. Tell uh, him. He, okay, he's a Rakshasa. Oh, it's so cool. Yep. <laughs> and, but he's a, also a private investigator. Which makes it even better because he doesn't hate everybody. He actually, he's very fond of water. Deep. Right. He, he kind of changed over the years, and he's actually come to love the city and the people in it. And so he does his investigating using all his Rakshasa talents. And so, at, at so, so talk about a twist on the trope, right? Exactly, exactly, and and it fits into that kind of noir where the you know nothing is what they seem and no one is is what they seem, and so the the players the characters might have to come to him to help them investigate some of the problems that they're facing either 
with their business or in the ongoing story of, of the adventure. But there's always this tension because at some point they're probably going to find out he's a Rakshasa. And what do they do then? Nothing, because they'll like him at that point, hopefully. Right, right. <laughs> but but you, but that's something where without even without even saying anything, there's a tension there. There, uh-huh, there's a, there, there's a there's a possibility of drama that isn't just included in the other the other things. That's that's very true. You know? Th- this character is definitely there to be right utilized in some different ways. Like yep. th- this character actually can get involved in this in what's going on mm-hmm. because you can hire them. Him actually, I'm sorry. You can hire him to go out and um and dig up information on things. Yep. And if you have happen to have him going out to dig up information on the um the the big villains of the of the scenario, then he might actually ask you for something other than just coin, mm-hmm. which is that's that's fascinating, right? right? So this and this person they could get grabbed, right? Like the Xanathar could snatch him, mm-hmm. and then what do you do if you're friends with them, right? Right? Yeah, exactly. There's you know there's there's that. So that's why I like the Tiger's Eye Detective Agency so much. Yes. Um, and then the last uh, T six is uh, the Bookworm's Treasure. Mm-hmm. This is a, a bookstore. Um, Richelle the Page Turner. It's a Dragonborn, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, yep. totally a gold, uh, gold Dragonborn. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they they sell scrolls. Yep, that's that's their shtick. So you can go there and buy scrolls and and things like that. There's a list for, of spells for sale. Yep. So you've got weapons, armor, um, scrolls, and potions, all right within your within short walking distance of your new home. Mm-hmm. Uh, now let's talk about the next section, which is joining factions. We will not do the deep dive that we just did on, on Troll Skull Alley because there's a lot of stuff here in the joining factions section. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it has all the factions in it that we mentioned before. I, I love this section a lot. So yep. this is about like if there are p- characters that would fit into one of these factions, like you can have these factions approach those characters mm-hmm. and then offer them a uh, an invitation to a meeting in some way, shape, or form. And they're all very unique. And they're all very cool, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if they join, then you can start giving these characters faction missions. And they get renown, which will give them stuff. Mm-hmm. Plus, these missions, they're pretty simple. Um, let, let me, I'll, do, I'll do one for, for, uh, for instance. So Force Grey, the Grey Hands missions. This is because you're not really a part of Force Grey. You're a part of the Grey Hands mm-hmm. working for the Blackstaff. Uh, at second level, and they have one for each level. That's the idea. Every time the characters level up, they get a new. Some somebody will come and try to give them a new mission. Uh, the second level one is seek out uh, Halam, a monk who lives in a cave on the side of Mount Waterdeep. Ask him what he's heard about the threats to the city, but try not to annoy him over stay your welcome. Not too difficult, right? And then there's mission requirements and the reward in a column next to it, and uh, it's basically usually some sort of like do this for 10 days or whatever. In this case, it's you must reach the cave and to do so, you have to succeed on a DC 12 constitution saving throw or arrive with one D four levels of exhaustion. And then you have to uh, try to get uh, Halam to share information by making a DC 12 Christmas persuasion check. And then if the check succeeds, they tell the characters information like evils twin hides its face for now, except that to change, expect that to change before winter's end. And it sort of references what that's to. And then the characters can send them out and, and re- report and then get one renown with the gray hand. Mm-hmm. And as you go up, you'll get more stuff. Yep. Uh, all of the, they're all kind of like that. But that mission requirement and reward, if you want to and you're clever or, you know, not, you have the time to do so. I mean, sometimes it's just time, right? 
and uh, the the desire to do so. Probably not clever. Probably just the desire to do so. You can expand these things into full on adventures. Mm-hmm. Or you know, there's this DMs guild where you can create your stuff and sell it. I mean, I thought about that instantly. I'm like, man, there should be like there should be faction books of missions for these for these for this book, right? Yep. So the 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 missions as they're as they are stated in the book are very short. As Chris basically read them or read one of them. Um, it could be done in probably 20, 15 or 20 minutes. There's nothing stopping you from expanding it, making it a, you know, an hour long adventure or even a full evening's adventure, uh, for four hours or so, if you so choose. And someone who's looking to put some good stuff up on the DMs guild could take, go right down through each of the factions, each of the mission briefs, each of the mission requirements, and just create a longer adventure for each. Mm-hmm. And they're all about that long, but they, as the levels go up, they get more and more complex. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, do you mind if I read one more? Go for it. Okay, so I want to read the level five Harper mission. Okay. So Lady Romilia Haventree is hosting a party at House Ulbrinter, uh, her villa on Delzoran Street, which it's funny because I wrote an adventure that happened on Delrosen Del, Del Street in, for Adventures League, mm-hmm. um, located between Vizerar Street and Brondar's Way in the North Ward. We have reason to suspect that drow spies have infiltrated the guest list. Attend the party and root out the disguised drow. Dress sharply. Um, that the mission requirements and reward. Romelia Haventree, uh, she's in Appendix B, knows of the mission, but it's not revealed to the characters that she's a harper. There's one drow spy in attendance. Jarlaxle Banray is there. Uh, he uses his hat of disguise to appear as a young actor from Luskin named Aristrian uh, Dermarn. A successful DC 24 wisdom insight check is needed to, to out Jarlaxle. Impressed by the perceptive adventures, he thanks Lady Heaventree for an entertaining evening and dashes off, but not without t- first tipping his hat to the characters or character who exposed him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, if you succeed, you get two renown, and every party member who attended the party receives 200 gold pieces. That's that's a much more complex... I don't know if it's complex, right? It's still just one check, right? Mm-hmm. But like you can turn that into a cool party thing, right? Oh, yeah. You could, again, create a whole adventure, just a whole four-hour adventure just, just on that premise alone so um super well done i think i like it a lot i think it's for um for game masters who want to expand on things or game masters just want to to uh, take care of those parts fairly quickly it works for both Mm -hmm. both kinds of play so so as as it's apparent chris and i think this is the coolest thing about this little section um but there is other parts of this section that you can use as a dm because when a faction approaches you a primary contact will be the one to make initial contact mm-hmm. asking you to join and giving you whatever requirement there is to, to join the faction. Um, and if you don't want to use factions, that's perfectly okay. You can run this adventure easily without uh, the characters ever joining a faction. Um, you could use the missions just as missions or make contact with some of these factions without actually having the characters join them. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's very true. Um, so that, that that is the really cool part about about that uh, that part of the chapter, mm-hmm. and really this whole chapter. It's probably the coolest part of this whole chapter. So uh, open for business. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Okay. Uh, do you want to start? Or do you want me to go? I think I can probably take this. So running uh, a business is a downtime activity that is placed in the DMG. And it's actually a pretty neat uh, concept because it's based on a role, a percentile role. 
However, you get a bonus to the role if you actually spend your downtime days taking care of the business. So if you spend 20 downtime days to help run the tavern, you add 20 to your percentile roll. And then there, there are other bonuses or penalties that you um, use with the role based on other things that have happened um, at your business or in your life since then. And so what this section of the book does is it melds what's happening in this adventure with that concept of the downtime days from the DMG. And I think it's it's cool because it's something that can be, again, manipulated by the, the DM to be as involved or as simple as he or she wants. You can use it really quickly and just say, okay, make a roll. We'll see how the business did. Or you can keep detailed accounts of every contractor, every guild that the characters have interacted with, what their relationship is with that guild. Is it strained? If it's strained, it will be a penalty to your check. If if you're on good terms, it will be a, a bonus to your check. So all of that um, you know, works together to give you the tools to create something that will be perfect for your own campaign. You know, this is another great um, spot for a uh, for a DM skill product, like mm-hmm. 20, 20 interesting evenings at Troll Skull Manor. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, like things yeah. things that are happening at the things that are happening in in the inn yep. and the, on any given night. Yep. You know, and there's a list of guild representatives, um, the an innkeepers guild. So you could basically join the union. Uh, uh-huh. There's the distillers and brewers guild. There's the butchers guild. There's the Magist and Protectors Guild. You know, if you if you need people to come in and, and act as bouncers or so on, um, so those people are given to you. But you can create your own. Um, you could have any sort of guild contacts, or have you know go to different guilds that offer the same goods, or different businesses within that guild to try to. Um, you know, work the best deals, you could really turn it into a, you know, a business oriented campaign or, or at least parts of it, you know, if you so choose. So this game doesn't have a, this book doesn't talk about granting downtime or how downtime is granted. Mm-hmm. So like you might have to make that up a little bit yourself, right? Right. Well, I mean, I'm used to the Adventures League where there is no sense of time within the campaign because you can um, move from adventure to adventure to adventure in different ways and different uh, orders. But in a campaign, a, a day is a day. That's true. Right? So if you finish adventuring and you're like, think, okay, we're going to spend two months um, focused on our business now, that's 60 downtime days that, that's that you can use. So there, there's, you know, it's you don't need a special fancy way to do it. Just how many days are you going to spend? As long as you remember that for every day they spend not adventuring, the players in that overall adventure are going to be doing things. Yep. That's all. And and really this, um, I think a good unit of measurement to use in this particular scenario is is the 10 day for yeah for sure it seems like a lot of things happen in the 10 day yep. the one time expense to renovate the tavern is 12 days mm-hmm. 
But other than that, most everything else is a 10-day. Yep. So, like, all the regular expenses are always 10 days. Yeah. Um, the uh, So, therefore, you'll, you'll have that. There's also a thing in this one for, for profit or loss, mm-hmm. which is in the sidebar. Because uh, on that, that running a business role. So, the running a business is, like, you, you roll that D100 thing every 10 day because that's the idea mm-hmm. that uh, that's what it says actually in the in the sidebar right um you can every downtime day you spend on it you can add one to that mm-hmm. but also every gold piece that you spend you can add one to that too mm-hmm. yep so, so you if, can really if you heavily invest in your business it has a better chance of succeeding mm-hmm and as long as you get a 40 or higher, the place pays for itself. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond, like, 60 and higher, you start making money off of it. Right. So it's neat. Like, I like it a lot. Yep. And, uh, you know, if if you find, as you're DMing, that the chart is somehow askew, either the way you're running the campaign is losing tons of money or gaining way too much money, then you simply adjust the chart, throw some complications at it, or, you know, have it be a little easier to run the business if you want um, if you want that sort of outcome uh, but the chart is a great base to work from yeah that is a great base to work from I agree um, and then there's one more thing in this section mm-hmm. there's the business rival yep so this is a thing that can that is bas- actively trying to ruin your business mm-hmm. which I like a lot oh yeah <laughs> uh, so that's Emmerich Froon uh, he owns a uh, a different tavern and he was interested in buying uh, the, the the tavern over here mm-hmm. but uh, he couldn't really afford it so he's kind of mad and he doesn't like this he wants to have the most profitable tavern in the in the ward and he's not very good about running his business and he uh, gets loans from people and spends that money to cause you trouble by hiring were rats to make your in heaven infestation mm-hmm. so that's his plot yep which is awesome it is awesome that's yep. what you have to deal with yeah. as a uh as a as a tavern owner, the fact that there are these were rats that are messing with your stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's fun. And there's like a nice uh, chart for his plan. It tells you like if it's an event or an action mm-hmm. that Emmerich is taking or whatnot. So like you can start seeing the results as a player character over the course of time. Yep. Um, yeah. And the, the final thing I want to mention was the last section is level advancement, and all it basically says is, hey, after this section, your character should be third level. Um, by engaging in faction missions, dealing with Emmerich Froon, uh, partaking in other activities. This, just remember that this, all this in this chapter doesn't have to happen all at once. Um, it's not supposed to happen all at once. Ex- exactly. So if it's not like you run this section, they go to the third level and then you move on. This is something you should be coming back to um after even after each little part of the adventure, um, because what I love about this is I, when I run a real home campaign, I like to think of things in in the rule of three. You have the short term goal of the character, which is whatever is right directly in front of them at the time. Go to the guild hall and clear out the rats underneath. You know, whatever your mission is, that's your short term. Then you've got your full campaign goals. Right. That is find the find the money, find the hidden, you know, find the hidden treasure cache where most campaigns, I think, fail is that middle ground, which is not the immediate thing and not the long term thing, but sort of a continuing thread that you can weave in and out. And this tavern and the um, things going on within it or around it 
are that thread that you can put into your campaign. I agree. It doesn't have to, um, it doesn't have to relate directly to your main goal of the adventures, but it can. And maybe every once in a while it should, where uh, maybe Emic Froon ends up um, teaming up with the Xanathar Guild. Uh, when it's apparent that you're also after the money, they start backing him and his play. And so at first you think, oh, he's just trying to put us out of business because he wants his business to thrive. But then it becomes more nefarious when you make another connection. And now you can really go after him as a, not just a, a business threat, but as a threat to your long-term goals. Uh, also, he could end up becoming a sympathetic character. Cause like it's, if he's always been backed mm-hmm. by the, you find out that, um, the person he took the loan from him, Istrid Horn. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure who Istrid Horn is. I haven't looked at Appendix B yet, um, all of it. If uh, that person mm-hmm. is part of the Xanathar Guild, and that puts Emic in debt to the Xanathar Guild, and Emic's like, well, darn. Like, he has to, like, the, the, eventually they were like, well, you can't pay back your debt. If you want to clear your debt, then you should probably go and plant these bombs around the building that you hate so much. Like, these 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 fireball, uh, like delayed blast fireball scrolls or whatever. Right. And, and, and everybody's like, well, I don't really want to do that because that's like super illegal, right? Like even more illegal than he's actually doing. Like, so it puts him in a, in a pickle and then he could actually come to the player characters and be like, look, Mm -hmm. I'm in a lot of, I'm in a lot of trouble. Right. Yep. So yeah, here, here's who's been getting, you know, I, I owe this person money. They've been blackmailing me or holding this loan over my head. I don't want to be doing this anymore, but here's the, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I found out that they were part of the Xanathar Guild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, there you go. That's interesting. I like that a lot. Uh, it's we, it's beat structure too, right? Like it, yep. it allows you to play with the beat structure. Like here's the main thread quest type stuff. Mm-hmm. Here is the, uh, here is the, now we have to go back and take care of our tavern type stuff. Yep. And our neighborhood. Yep. And our factions. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of stuff there. It, it, there is. You know what it, it reminds me of? I'm going to plug uh, Encoded Designs now. It's a little bit like uh, some of the stuff that we've worked on, especially um, H2O now. Right? Yes. Because you H- go back and you handle your community, and the, what what's happening at your community can reflect what's happening in the larger plot. Yeah, instead of phases of play, that's what we call that phases of play. There are different phases of play where the game's slightly different in those different phases. Right. This is, this is more about... Um, it's not phases of play as much as it is like story phases, right? Like sure. you are not dealing with, and you can tell when a, when a scenario or a moment is more important when those phases cross over. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's precisely what I was trying to say. Thank you. Yep. I, 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 I'm there for you, buddy. I got right. you covered. Cool. Cool. All right. Uh, next time is the kickoff event. Another kickoff event, right? Like it's like, here's an event that starts everything off and then you kind of like settle into this life. Mm-hmm. And then there's another kickoff event that moves things along. Yes, there is. Yeah, and that'll be uh, next time we talk, I hope. Mm-hmm. All right, well, with that, I wanted to say thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, here's a few Patreon shout-outs. Uh, Kevin Minorzak, Victor Wyatt, Chris Constantine, Eric Simon, Eric Mengi, Sean P. Kelly, Chris Steele, Brett, The Rainmaker, Mike Amir, uh, sorry, Mike Amer. I know your name because I met you, uh, Dennis Malloy, Quincy Jackson, Camden Wright, Richard Wayne, Curtis Takahashi, Noah Bond, Remy Bilodeau, Stacey Winters, Glenn Seiler, David Walker, and Austin Lemke. 
And speaking of patrons, if you'd like to be a patron of Down With D&D, you can click on the link to our Patreon page on the website, and for $2 a month, you can get yourself a shout-out. Or for $4 a month, you not only get a shout-out, but you also get to see our pre-production show notes, and you can join us in our Slack Room for Life, where you can talk to us directly. Yes, yes, you can. If you can't help us monetarily, but you want to give us a boost, you can do so with an Apple Podcast review. Those help us even if you're not listening via Apple Podcasts because other podcatchers use Apple Podcasts to rate and rank shows. So giving us a nice review would make us more visible. So, Sean, where can we find you on the Internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sean Merwin. You can find me on the Down With D&D G Plus community where we like to chat with our listeners. And you can also follow Menagerie Wizard to hear what the Mad Wizard is saying. And man, that Mad Wizard has a lot to say, by the way. He certainly does. Hey, you want to give us a um, preview of what's coming uh, this next month from the Mad Wizard? Well, we've, we just had the Rakova. Mm-hmm. And what we have coming next month will be a new type of devil that you may pass by hundreds of times a day in your travels through your fantasy world and never see. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can hit me up at Misdirected Mark. That is the network Twitter and the primary Twitter now for Down With D&D and everything else, Misdirected Mark. Or you can go to the website where you can catch other great shows such as this one, The Lounge. Doc finds the best, the brightest, and the most fun game designers to sit down and have a cool conversation with. You never know what's going to come up in The Lounge. And the most recent episode was Craig Campbell mm. to talk about Die Laughing, his ongoing current Kickstarter. There you go. Down With D&D. Also- oh, go ahead. Also, he uh, is the designer of uh, Capers, which is low-powered um, gangsters and cops in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s. And he also, I believe, has a podcast called Nerd Burger. He does. There yes, that's go. true. Well, Down with D&D is a misdirected Mark production, the media arm of Encoded Designs. Sean, Mad Wizard, buddy old pal, what are we going to do now? We're going to go kill some monsters. You down with D&D? Yeah, you Get down with D and D. Yeah, you know me. Get down with D and D. Yeah, you know me. Who's down with D and D? Down with D and D. Yeah, you know me. You down with D and D. Yeah, you know me. I'm down with D and D. Yeah, you know me. Who's down with D and D?